Welcome back to the Ford Podcast. I'm your host Lance Armstrong. Well, it has been a it has been a damn. It's been a bad week. I hate to start this because this is. I got to say before we get into it all here, the my guest this week is Eric Burns. This was one of my favorite interviews that I've done in the little over a year that I've been at this. Um, and I don't want to take away from the content of that, but before we get to it, my God, it was a bad week. I mean, Las Vegas, Tom Petty, all in one day. I, yeah, I don't even know what to make of it. Uh, our hearts and, and, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that was there and affected. And, uh, you know, even if you're just not, you know, I have this, I have this theory, you know, cause obviously, these things happen, as far as I'm concerned, way too damn often. Um, you know, but back in the day, even in recent times, um, uh, it, whether it's in Aurora or Columbine or Newtown, um, Orlando, you know, the, the, this one was different. And, and my theory, and you guys tell me if I'm crazy, but my theory is that it was so different because in this day and age where social media is so prevalent, which I think is great, um, but it's so easy for people to grab their phones and just capture content, right? And I, and I, again, I think, you know, people producing content, being their own channel, being their own director, their own producer, their own personality is amazing. Um, but when they grab it and captured that content, which, uh, I'm not, saying is right or wrong, just watching that or even just listening to it, boy, it it just, it puts you right there. Whereas all the other ones or most of these other ones, you, you didn't know what it sounded like. You didn't know what it looked like. And uh, this one just, uh, this one rocked me. And, uh, you know, those of you who know me know I'm not a, uh, I'm not a big gun guy. So, uh, but th- this discussion is one that we have to have and, and, I know I'll get a bunch of hate mail for that, but this is, this is, this is not cool and this is not America. So, gah, anyways, sorry to keep going on about that. And Tom Petty, may he rest in peace. I got to tell you, I just, uh, last night I was at the Austin City Limits Festival, but about, oh gosh, six or seven or eight years ago, Tom Petty headlined the the ACL Fest. And I got to tell you, that was the best rock show I have ever seen. And I would always tell people, do not ever miss a Tom Petty show because it's it's just it's it's it'll be the best thing that you've ever been to, and you know, sadly, I can't say that anymore. And so it was just a tough week. Hey, uh, Eric Burns, this is a guy who was who was a uh, you know a decade plus major leaguer. Um, uh, played for the Oakland A's his entire career. And but he he's he has transitioned himself into being basically he'll get a kick out of this, but he's basically a professional endurance athlete. The guy trains like a beast. He runs ultras. He does Ironmans all the while working. He's a commentator on the major uh, MLB network. But uh, when you're uh, just sitting around at home, check out a documentary that that he did about his run last year at the Western States 100. It's called Diamond to the Rough. And yours truly actually makes an appearance. I uh, I paced Burnsy from mile 60 to mile 80 out there at the Western States 100. That was I ran 20. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm good. Those folks running 100. I can't even imagine. Uh, 
but it, look, I loved the interview. Talked about so many things. Talked about his passion for endurance. We talked about a fun little wager that we had at the very beginning of our friendship. We talked about Barry Bonds. I think you'll find interesting. We talked about the electronic strike zone. We talked about Colin Kaepernick. This is, I'm just telling you, this is, I'm proud of this one. So I hope you guys enjoy. Like I say every week, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, send me an email, theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. Eric Burns coming up. And check out the doc, Diamond to the Rough. Burnsy, it's good to be with you, brother. You know, we're not that far from, from where we first met. We're here at the Sharon Heights Golf Course in Palo Alto, which is a pretty swanky place. We're here today for this amazing charity tournament. But the first time that I met you was here on the number one tee with Doc Phelan, Dr. Darren Phelan, and I forget who's our other partner. Rob was with it. Rob Dean. Was it Rob? Yeah, it was Rob. That was it. Rob Dean was with us. And... And immediately, I meet this guy. I'm like, all right, this guy, a baseball player. By the way, for the record, for your record, for everybody's record, I don't know anything yeah. about baseball. I don't know shit about baseball. Yeah. Like, my kids play t-ball. Oh, I knew that and assumed that. Yeah. And so, but but immediately the conversation turned to, okay, how much are we, how much are we playing for? How much, <laughs> how much are we gambling for? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. And it, it, it just, it found its place. And then... And we we were Dr. Phelan and I were talking about this during the round today, because that weekend I was actually here to run this trail run in Woodside, yep. which uh, up in the hills, absolutely gorgeous, pouring rain, muddy, nasty. And I was like, dude, you should come out there and run this race with me. You're like, no, I got to go back to, to my my family's in Tahoe. I'm going to go back to Tahoe. The snow is epic. And I said, How about, "What if? What if I give you thirty minutes, and we and we play, quote unquote, play run for a thousand bucks?" Yep, yep. And your ass stayed here, <laughs> dude. I mean, you pretty much just laid it all out perfectly. But I, I could say, like, going back to that day, and you know, I'll just throw it from my perspective. Mm -hmm. It's I get a hey, you want to play golf tomorrow, and you know. The answer basically is, eh, no, not really, right? <laughs> and somehow, some way along the way, after baseball, I got into endurance sports. Swimming, biking, running. You know, by this point, I'd you know, done a few Ironmans. And like, well, Rob, and Rob had called me. And he goes, Lance Armstrong's in our foursome. So what time? I'm all in. <laughs> Let's go. So, and it was interesting because, you know, my perception of you, like, was obviously to follow your path just like everybody else. Mm. And along the way, like, I knew in my heart, and it's funny because so did my mom. I knew in my heart, I'm like, this dude is real. And the opportunity, just the golf opportunity, just to bring it like, I could tell because I, I've, I've played with guys like you, not necessarily exactly like you, 
but I, it's, it's this mindset and it's your competitiveness. And I just immediately know, I'm like, dude, this kid is playing around a golf. He's 100% <laughs> like, he's not going around a golf. To, like he's going to want to compete. And the funny thing is there's nothing wrong with competing. Competing's healthy. Competing's good. It's just like why we love cycling. It's why we love baseball. It's why we love anything. It's why we love golf. It's okay to compete. And the opportunity to compete. And then obviously you knew how to freaking reel me back in. With the 30-minute trail run the next day, and he gave me 30 minutes, and then us betting the 1000 bucks, and, like, it's, uh, I don't know, it, again. It, I, I think, if you're going to leave your family for five hours, you better be competing. Like, you, <laughs> this is, you can't be going out and, like, drawing straws, and like, oh, you lost. It has to be, there has to be some action. But just so the listener knows, and I am, I am really, really Fucking embarrassed to admit this, although it is a fact, so I'm here to admit it. I got Burns out to Woodside. He, tur he turned around on his way to Tahoe, came back. We raced in Woodside. I ended up winning the race. It mm -hmm. was 35 kilometers, so 21 miles. I'm thinking, and it was an out and back. Yep. And I saw you, and I'm like, and of course, we're checking our watches. I'm like, I got him. <laughs> and the son of a bitch gut checked on me. Dude. And he came in. You remember how much, how far behind me you were? Yeah, I, I was three twenty-three. You finished in three hours. I finished in three hours and twenty-three minutes. I thought it was was it twenty-three or twenty-seven no, minutes? Twenty-three. Thank you, though. Yeah. So I, dude, I, I spot you thirty minutes. And by the way, too, and I was talking with somebody about this today, and they're like, "Who laid the odds? Who laid the odds?" And I was like, "Look, I, I went and before I don't know if you know this or not, but before I said thirty minutes, I went and looked at all your Ironman because on Ironman.com you can look at all sure. the times, marathon split times, and I'm like, I can give this guy half hour. I can give him half hour, and I and I can easily win. Yeah, and I lost. <laughs> I lost, dude. Yeah, you have to understand this though. Like a couple things. So the one when I saw you coming back the other way, you're right. You were on pace to barely beat me, mm -hmm. right? So you had, when I saw you coming back, it was like a 15 minute lead. Yeah. So you, knowing you, you had to beat me by half hour, you're like, dude, I'm going to make up X amount of minutes beyond that. Now, what was shocking to you, and this is pretty much, the, and I, I imagine that 90% of your, whoever's listening to the podcast, super endurance freaks, right? Like me. And now to the point where it's just like swimmers, bikers, runners, whatever. So the one thing, when I went from baseball into the endurance world, mm -hmm. there's nothing, absolutely nothing that I did from playing baseball that helped me transition to the endurance world right. other than mindset, right. okay? The only thing that I could semi hang my hat on is that I was a fast white dude. That's right. how I ended up playing 11 seasons in the big leagues and whatnot. There's that, not many of those. Not really. By the way, just so but, they know, you told the San Francisco Chronicle your idea of a long run was going from first base to third base. Yeah. That's not very far. <laughs> Dude, I'd run, I'd run four miles in my life by the time that was the <laughs> furthest I'd ever run when I finished playing baseball. But I, again, but I was fast. So I, the one thing that translated and the one thing that has translated to ultra running or the Ironmans or anything else was that I can run downhill and I can let my legs go. So for, for, from when I saw you, in that race, I said, okay. I said, the only thing I have to do is turn around 
and run downhill as fast as I can and hopefully cover that spread. You suck. <sighs> Thank you, which I did. You suck. And by the but just just so you know, you probably already know, but just so you know and the listeners know, I hate running downhill. <sighs> and the way you like when we run, I'm like, this guy, you this guy looks like shit running. Like you, you, but it's a, but it's it is a sprinter's. It's it's toe heavy. Toe, yeah, you know, like the, big time, dude. The toe strike. It's it's a. So that makes sense. That you know, you run downhill with the clutch in. I run downhill with the brakes on. Correct. That ain't correct. Good. And then that gets us to this place. We we gamble a little on this golf course. We go do this race. I lose. Um, the money there, but then all of a sudden I get roped into this Western States 100, which by the way, for the listener at home who maybe isn't a runner or an endurance freak, this shit is crazy. A hundred miles from, it starts, it actually uh, traces an old historic path, horse path from like Tahoe all the way down. And there's a whole ton of elevation gain. There's like 18,000 vert, vertical gain. But to my chagrin, mm-hmm. twenty three thousand feet of ver- uh, vertical descent, descent yeah. which means, I mean, imagine at the end of a hundred miles and you're just pounding. So you ask, and, and the cool thing about the, there's a lot of cool things about that event. But the really cool thing is that from miles sixty to eighty and eighty to a hundred, you're allowed to bring in these pacers, and you yep. you call me up. It's like, well, you pace me from sixty to eighty. I'm like, well, what time of the day is it? You're like, ah, it's nine o'clock at night. Or I'm like, are you shitting me? I got at nine o'clock, I got to run 20 miles. That was some of the gnarliest stuff in the pitch black. Just, and the funny thing is, is we're not really pacing. We're more sort of looking after, caring after, babysitting. Dude, it's the worst job ever. It is. It's, it's awful. It's not and, worse than having to do it. Well, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. If you remember correctly, like we had a conversation. It's like, yeah, like who you got pacing for you? And basically I said, like, I would have felt bad. I'm like, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to put you in that position. Mm -hmm. But at that point I said, if he's asking, he might be interested. I'm happy to come. And and again, and this goes, this goes, this goes back to me sitting there watching you with Oprah going, mom. I know this dude's got a freaking gigantic heart. Mm. I just gotta, I gotta bring it out of him. And this is like my cycling phase. Like, and, you know, again, like I wasn't super crazy into it. And again, like when I, when I asked you and whatever, we talked about it, you got to give her this to you, dude, yeah. that no, that no one knows. And this is, and I love it because, and this is a cool opportunity to be able to come on this podcast, but Basically, this is what I tell my friends because they all want to know, dude, what's Lance like? What's Lance like? I'm like, dude, he's not, <laughs> he's not what you think. He's not what the, the, the public has painted him as and, and what our media has along the way destroyed him as. And, you know, to your credit, you've done an unbelievable job of being real. Yeah. And that's, that's all I want. That's all it's. We all learn in life, right? We all make dumbass decisions and make dumb mistakes and, and, and whatever along the way. But I think the bottom line is, you know, it's show me who you are today. Yep. That's what I want to know. Right. And from the day I fuck, fucking met you, dude, like I, I saw real. Well, That's I think, what matters. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Eric. I really do. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a complicated, this is not, 
it's just not a simple story. It's a it's a complex, complicated, gray story. And so I tell people all the time, like we were fed, we, I say we, I mean, and, and truly we, me and, and the team and the, everybody rode that wave. It was a white hat story. And then overnight it became a black hat story. And it's just, it's a gray story. It's somewhere, it's, it's somewhere in there. And, you know, we're all, we all kind of, are gray at a lot of times. And speaking of, this is interesting you bring this up just because, and I was, I didn't know that who you're, so the way these, for the listener at home, the way these things work, so we play in a foursome. I have a group. I played with Dr. Phelan and a couple other guys and you had a group and you have Barry Bonds in your group. Yeah. And I, and, and I, and I, t- <laughs> uh, Doc Phelan texted me yesterday. He's like, oh, he's got Barry and, and a couple other guys. And I was like, I was like, wow. I mean, I mean, here's a guy that's, you know, the parallels and and the and the trajectory of the story is eerily similar to me, and and also too. Here's a guy who um, is you know completely into cycling, completely into endurance sports, just like you. Like yeah, all he cared about was shit. All he cared about was hitting it out of the park and then walking around. Yeah, but now all he wants to do is ride his bike. Yeah, yeah, totally I, into it. It's funny, dude. Like I, I told both of you, which is pretty cool rare opportunity to have both of you guys there mm-hmm. because you are the best at your craft it's as simple as that but i've met a lot of professional athletes in my life and some of the best of the best mm-hmm. and you two are different dude and it's it's a you have a twinkle in your eye that says i want to compete mm-hmm. And you thrive off competition. And I'll give you the perfect example just with Barry today. Shows up, my knuckle hurts, I haven't played golf in a year, this and that, whatever. Nine holes, we didn't use one of his shots. We get to the the 10th hole, and we're playing a scramble turn, we get to the 10th hole. It's like, hey, Barry, are you seriously the dude that almost hit 800 home runs? Come on, bro. Get your shit together. Let's go. And we lit a fire under him a little bit. Him and Rob Nen, former great pitcher, was for the Giants, Marlins, was was playing. And Rob and I, we kind of strategized. We're like, dude, let's get Barry into this. And also we started gambling a little bit, picked up the pace. And, bro, he walked it in and played well. We we used more of his shots for the rest of the way down the line. Hmm. And I just think that there's certain people that have a trigger and we all get triggered by certain things and you and him both. Right. You love competition right. and right. there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with that. Right. Like that's, it's a great trait to have. Right. But without treading too close to my turn, you know, you're going to have the people, Oh, he did, the, he potentially did this, potentially did that. But I mean, I, and I've, you know, we have a lot of pro baseball players that live in Austin, Houston Street, uh, Drew Stubbs. I mean, all these old guys that I play, I play golf with mm-hmm. a lot of them. They all say it doesn't matter. Like that guy, when the, through the, the, his ability to see the baseball, yeah. I don't care if you gave him, you know, whatever you, his ability to see the baseball and hit the baseball was unrivaled. Right. No, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not look. <laughs> there, Juice all you want. Look, you want to make you want to make a comparison to today's game. The ball's freaking juice. 
Which is better than the player. That's actually on the second page nice. of my questions. We're going to get to that. Nice. But it's because we just had the single season record for home runs. Single season record for home runs. They're, they're, they're going to blow it out of the water in the final week of the season here. The bottom line with Barry, he's the greatest hitter I've ever seen in my life. It's okay. as simple as that. It's, you know, I don't want to sit here and suck you off from across the table. You're the greatest cyclist that I've ever seen in my life. It's done. It's just audio, so, I mean, it's a little weird. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but the, 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 bottom, the bottom line is, is that with Barry, I don't argue till I'm blue in the face, especially during that time period. It's the same thing with fucking cycling, dude. I'm not going to say every single person was doing it, but that was the culture that was created. And everyone wants to blame you. Everyone wants to blame Barry. Get get over yourselves, you dumbasses. You blame the culture that was created. But you can blame the fans themselves who just wanted more and more and more. Like you could you could spin it however you want. You could blame the the owner of Major or excuse me, the commissioner of Major League Baseball for not intervening earlier. Again, you can make the same thing with cycling. You could go right. back. It's not that no one people had an idea what was going on. He was the best of the best. It's as simple as that. I've never seen anybody as good. And the reason why is because exactly what I was talking about on the golf course today. He had a competitive edge to him that was far greater than anything else. And bring up the steroids, bring up where you did. I don't give a shit. I don't want to hear it. The bottom line, and, and this is from someone that never took steroids through it. I just didn't think they were going to help me. I didn't need to get bigger, stronger, faster. And it wasn't a holier than thou thing. Mm-hmm. Not one bit. You understand that? Like, it had nothing to do with, like, oh, hey, I'm better than you. I'm above that. This is, no. I'm just like, I really don't think that they were going to help me. And maybe it was naive of me, but who cares? Okay. And I also always had a thought of a career after baseball. Yep. And I thought, well, if I were to do something, got pigeonholed on something, then how would that affect? me down the road. Right. So you, you made a great career of it. So two questions on, and we'll leave Barry, but number one, and these are, uh, I'm actually really curious. I, I know the first answer to your, to this question that I know what you're going to say. The second one, I, I really am curious about number one, should he be in the hall of fame? 100%. Okay. It's, it's, there's, there's guys, Lance, who have, all, who have done steroids I I understand. that are already in the hall of fame. I understand that, but that's, like, Big time. Bernsey, you're talking to me. There are people that every day, they oh, the legend this, the legend that. I'm like, really? Okay. That's the way it works. So he should be in the hall. There's no 1,000%. Okay. Performance-enhancing drugs in any capacity have been there, will be there, are going to be there in the future. And, I, and I'm not, it's, it's not a condoning it. I'm not condoning anything. Not 100%. No. I like a level playing field. So again, this goes back to like the juice ball. I'm okay with the juice ball because the juice ball is it levels it for everybody. That's where that's where it gets shady because what happens is in in, in baseball, and again, I'm, I'm not I will never look down on any of these guys because if I felt like it was going to help me and propel me, and you told me I could stick a needle in my ass and all of a sudden I'm going to hit 40 homers and steal 40 bags, uh, where's that needle and give it to me now, right? <laughs> You couldn't guarantee me that. If you if I stuck a needle in my ass, you know what I saw? I saw dudes blowing out hamstrings. I saw dudes freaking blowing out their arms. I saw I saw tendons and ligaments, muscles growing so big that tendons and ligaments couldn't support it. That's why I didn't do it. Mm. Again, this like understand that. So 
All that being said, I would. We all want a level playing field, but what was the level playing field when you were cycling? Well, that's that's. But I. If you I, weren't doing it, you would have been doing a disservice to your team. I try not to. I try to stay away from that. All right. Here's my Sorry. second question. I don't. I don't. I don't. Nobody wants to hear truth, me. The truth speaks around here. I, nobody wants to hear me talk about that shit. But not and, and, does, But all right. So the, 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 here is the second question and the biggest issue I have. But not that we have the Hall of Fame in cycling or the Hall of Fame of endurance sports, but if we did, and I had any say in it, I would make sure that my peers, my predecessors, the legends of the sport are the people that voted. Why is it that the Hall of Fame, okay, because we're talking, look, I'm looking, yeah. how, 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 yes, the, how old are you? It, how old are you? 41. 41, look at, 41, look, at, I mean, I'm talking to an athlete. And so when I want, if you know something as sacred as the Hall of Fame, why in the fuck is you know whether it's Bonds or Clinton, all the names sure. we know? Why is it that a guy who's at weighing top in the scales at two eighty, he's he can't even reach the typewriter? Why is he voting who goes into the hall? That makes I, I get it that it's an old system and it's you know we're set in our ways. No. I don't think that's legit. And you're telling me that those those people that can barely reach the typewriter are putting guys, it's a double standard. That is bullshit. Okay. I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you a little bit. Perfect. Because I, I agree with you in the sense that um, we need to involve the the people that know and the people that really get it and the people that were there and intimate. and In that, the trenches. In the trenches. Gotcha. And now what the Hall of Fame voting has become is, you know, there's 500, 600 people with Hall of Fame votes or whatever it is, maybe more than that. And do you realize how many of those are in the trenches? Very few. Understand this, though. There are still some in the trenches. And I'm not saying that you can... I don't want to take the vote away from the writers, mm -hmm. right? I want to let the writers have their say, but you also want to give the vote to the people that know, the people that played in that era, the people that understand who was the best of the best. I played in that era. I'll tell you who the best was of the right. best. Who were the guys? You just told us. Who were the guys that just went over the top? Like, it's, so, so should the players have it 100% give the peers, the peers, I don't know how you were, but, I cared more than anything. The number one thing that I cared about was the respect of my peers. And, and that, that was, right. that's all I cared about. When, when, when you talk, when you ask someone who played, you know, from 2000 to 2010 in major league baseball and you say, Hey, what was Eric Burns like? Like, I, I, I do care. I mean, we're all human. Right. And you know, ultimately there's only so much I can do and there's going to be people, there's going to be whoever that, you know, Hey, this guy, this is that, you know what? At the end of the day, for me, it was, I just want to hear, I played my ass. Like, this guy, this guy, this guy went after it. That's, that's what matters to me. And their opinion, well, when you, where it gets jaded is when you get the outsiders that come in and say, try to control everything. And you give them that much liberty and power. And what we have here now in Major League Baseball is a witch hunt. And it's fucking awful, dude. It's a witch hunt. We're asking writers 
Now, whether or not we stereotype them as 280 pounds and can't reach across I know. And, and I, I should, some of them are flat belting and fit. Who, yeah, who, but who cares? The, the bottom line is they're, they're, they're outside, but we're asking them, think of how difficult of a job that we're giving them. Is he in the Hall of Fame or is he out of the Hall of Fame? Right? Is he in or... And then we're having guys that have been linked to steroids. Like, everyone knows. We all know. We know these dudes that did it. Hmm. And yet, they're going into the Hall of Fame right now. Yet, you have the greatest hitter in Barry Bonds and the greatest pitcher in Roger Clemens of that generation that's not even close. No one's even close. And those guys are getting shunned? How is, how is that right? Bernsey, you're... Are, are you blind? Look who the fuck you're talking to. Settle the fuck <laughs> down. This is the way it works. Okay? That's the way it works. And that is the media. That's the way it works. You, By the way, I hate to tell you this. I'll whisper it because there's people here now. You're a part of the media. As am I. Yeah. This is where the media, which makes it even a little sure. crazier. It's just the way it works. And it just, maybe time heals some of that stuff. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know, but that's the fucking drill. Yeah, but, but why? Why is it the drill? Like, I play, dude, I play, off, I play off of truths, and I play off of, we, for, every, for everyone casting stones, dude, we're all, we're all a mess, bro. And, and, if, and if you're sitting at home, and you're listening to this bullshit, and like, you're like, oh, no, my shit's all online. Like, I have everything perfect. I've never made a mistake in my entire life. You know, the people I, firing off the mean tweets. It, bro. Like, it, it's <laughs> just, just enough. Enough. Like, Listen. Li, li, like take, some, take, somebody, take somebody for who they are. He's and, getting all riled up. It, the, bot, the bottom line is authenticity yeah that's what i care about and, and that's what that's what i that's what i saw in you and you know to to go back to even barry today like i've seen an authentic barry and i and i've seen an authentic you and i know because obviously playing against barry and everything else dude i was an 18 year old kid he was 30 years old we were we were bullshitting about this today we we're out on the golf course and i had the opportunity like Dude, I was playing long toss with this guy. I was hitting, and I was a freshman at UCLA, man. Dude, we're doing sprints against each other, you know, talking trash along the way. Do you, you know, you know how he changed my life, dude? That did make me believe hmm. I was, I was going to be a big leader. Yeah, but, but, but I think, dude, I, I think that's. No one knows that side of Barry. They though. don't. They don't. No one knows the, that side of Barry, and there's very few people that know that side. Don't of you. finish my sentence. Sorry. Go ahead. That was my sentence. <laughs> they don't know that side, and nope. it, it doesn't. But but you know, but I don't know where Barry sits. I don't know what he thinks. I don't know what he views. But you know what? As far as as I'm concerned, if I have the end of that sentence that I know, I'm good. So at this point in my life, as long as I know that, it's all good. And you know it. That's very different than what I lived with 10 years ago. It's probably a lot different than what Barry Bonds lived with 10 years ago, where he was pushing back and fighting and fighting and litigating. And it's just, Barry's just like, you know what? I'm into cycling. I love a woman who's into cycling. I support women's cycling. I fund women's cycling. Like, he's like, nobody needs to sit around and jerk me off. Like, this is what I'm into. Mm -hmm. And he rolls up here and is chill. <laughs> that guy walked out tonight. I was like... Yo, Barry, put your phone in my, put your number in my phone. We're all, let's catch up. It's like, great. Out. <laughs> it's perfect. 
I mean, that sort of sums right. it up. Let's talk about baseball. Since I don't know shit about baseball, right. and I told you. I mean, what, do you want to keep? Yeah, no, look, yeah, you're yeah, getting let's, riled let's go, up. Let's go. Just yeah. settle down. Dude, I'm getting you riled your wife, up. Your wife is right I'm here. You your wife up. has walked in. We now have a small audience. Your wife's here. You want us out no, here? No, no, right no, here, no, 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 no. I love this. Check him if he starts. He, he's about to. Bro, we need a heart rate monitor on Burnsy right now. Does baseball have a future? Because this game, I got to tell you. I told you, I don't know anything about this game. Okay. I can't watch. I can watch the World Series. I can watch Game 7 of the World Series. Fucking Game 3 of a 162-game season, I can't watch. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no. It's, What's the, I mean, should we sort the season? Should we? Nah, nah. Baseball's doing really well, man. It's, it's, it's a, the best way to describe it, and I'll, I'll describe it like cycling. Dude, it's, it's a cult following. It, there's no, like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to come on this podcast and I'm not going to transform your Uber cyclists like into baseball fans. It's right. just not going to happen. It's, it's, uh, it's something that over an uh, extended period of time you fall in love with. And typically it happens at a young age when you know and learn and understand the game. Now, cycling... I believe is really sort of the same way. And it's, I agree. I agree with that. It's, it's hard to watch, bro. It's hard. The, by the way, I, I did this little podcast this summer, you know, 21 days in the, there were about 15 days where I was falling asleep. I'm like this sport. We're fucked. Like this, this sum's got to change because this is B O R I N G. So it is what it is. But at the same time, you have a hundred and something year old sport and with that comes a certain pace and flow and beauty and tradition that you just got to accept. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I mean, you, you guys were screwed because <laughs> of the bullshit freaking exit penalty on my dude. What's his name? Sagan. Oh, that was terrible. Thank you. Peter Sagan. That was terrible. I like, agree. Like, I agree. This is coming from a baseball fan. Like, Sagan gets freaking ousted early. And I'm like, Anyway, it, I went, 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 nuts, went nuts on that, and then I was not as interested. Now, there was some controversy, obviously, that surrounded it, just like there's controversy that surrounds baseball and everything else. But understand, like, look, dude, your, your sport is a niche, niche sport. Baseball is a Got niche. It. You have to know Base and understand, like, what's going on right now? I'm going to give you an example, dude. Like, the Cleveland Indians just won 22 straight games, maybe even 23. And there's 22, and that's 22. It hasn't been done. Like, I was on a team. Right. Have you seen Moneyball? I got it on my notes. Okay. You, you're, you, you make a little cameo in the movie. I know. You told me this. I, at the very beginning of the movie in Moneyball. Yeah. You get benched. No, I, I strike out. That's, it's a, that's the same thing. Dude, it's the opening scene. No, it, it, at least I was on the field. At the climax can, of the movie. Time out. At the climax of the movie. Can we talk about dodgeball at some point? I get benched. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you do. The climax. Okay. That's when. That's when it's like, hey, Burns, you grab a seat. Hatterberg's gonna hit for you, and then he hits the walk off homer. We win twenty straight games. Brad Pitt freaking is uh, you know elated right. and like life's good, and he's off freaking. I say, there's actually a really sweet sort silhouette with his daughter at the end. <laughs> I don't know. It took me a while to be able to watch that. Yeah. You. You know what? You told me that story within the first. Eh. Four or five hours we had met. We hadn't even gotten to the 18th hole, and you told me that story. Makes sense. It's a little touchy. Yeah, but, it, dude, it's, it's it's very revealing. It's like your life accomplishments. Okay, okay, I, was, so I was a dude that strikes out at the beginning of Moneyball, and then I get pinched hit for it. 
I don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, that's something I feel like I need to get off my chest right away. Okay. All right. So here's your choice. You ready for your choice? Give it to me. Because your wife is sitting right here, the mother of your beautiful children. Uh-huh. The people that were feeding your cheeseburgers in the middle of the Western States 100. In and out. Yeah. Say you hit a home run that, that, that bat. Right, okay. and you're not sitting. You're not on MLB Network. You don't have this life. You're not doing all the cool, you know, suffer fest that you do. You want to trade? And you're not in the movie. You're 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 sort of a quasi hero in the movie. You want to trade? Uh, no. Okay. One hundred percent. No. All right. Should we end the podcast right now, or should we keep going? No, we roll. <laughs> and here, 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 here's here's the thing, though, dude. You have to you have to understand this. And. And th- th- this this is this is something that I feel that you've now embraced. And let's just call it what's next. Mm-hmm. Did I like played eleven seasons of Major League Baseball? Like really enjoyed myself. Love, love, love my job on MLB Network. Yep. But the reason why I love my job because each and every single night. We have new shit. Like it's analyzing new stuff. It's being able to, we 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 actually make baseball. We, you even you could watch it if maybe I sat there and held your hand and walked you through it <laughs> and what was going on. But basically, think about this: we go from game to game to game. Think red zone yep. football with yep. baseball. That's how my ADD ass is able to get through it. So right. we're going from the greatest moments. The example that I use, bases loaded, Bob in the ninth inning, Yankee Stadium, Derek Jeter up, base hit, wins the game. All right, we'll be back in a minute to talk to Derek Jeter, but right now we're going to go to St. Louis where Adam Wainwright has a no-hitter. Bottom of the seventh inning, or top of the seventh inning, Adam Wainwright gets out of it. Okay, we'll come back to the eighth of St. Louis, but let's go to San Francisco. First at bat, uh, Buster Posey against Clayton Kershaw. Bases loaded, grand slam, Buster Posey. We'll go back to that action. Boom. Right back to whatever. Total sidetrack on MLB Network promo nope. right there for them. Right. right. Uh, this who pays my salary. But the bottom line is, I, I'm constantly like, I don't give a shit what I've done in the past. I don't care. Like, I love you and you're great and everything. Thank what you've you. done in the past. Like, I, what are we going to do tomorrow? Okay. Think about that. All right. So here's your quote in USA Today, okay. which I, I think I re-reported in ArizonaCentral.com. And so talking about what's next, you say you said the what's, what's next mantra should inspire people to keep moving forward. You know what the name of this podcast is? Forward. Bro. So, I, I mean, I yeah. read that quote, and I'm like, yeah. I, <laughs> you are preaching in the choir here. I got you. Yeah, I got you. I mean, if if it's just not a lesson for anybody, it, right. it, it's, I try I try to teach my kids that, right? In on on a daily basis, it's dude. There's two things you give your kids that no one can ever take away. It's education, experience. You give them a house, pff, blow it. You know, money, blow it. Like it doesn't right. matter. Like material and possession things, you can't. There's nothing you can do to give them that will last with them for life. To education and experience right. are the two things. Right now, for us, at this point, it, it's, it hasn't changed. It's still education experience. And we're constantly educating ourselves. You, by grinding it out with freaking world leaders and, you know, whatever people. Like, this, this is real, bro. 
This is this is mm. you're educating yourself each and every single time. Well, I have to because I have to sit here in front of my computer for the first time in my life. I actually have to study. Yeah. Did you ever? You never study, but I have to study no, to do this. Dude, one hundred percent. Right. But you study about what you care about. Right. So even now, like say U.S. history or whatever, I was a history major and yeah, yeah. But like I care. Like when you have a passion for something, and this is what I this is what I try to tell my kids too. Like. Whatever you do, do it with a passion. Mm -hmm. ha have have a purpose and love it. And if you don't love it, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. If you don't love the process, don't do it. I don't. If if you're sitting here worrying about a reward, right? Fucking done. I don't want you doing. If you love the process, if you love the grind, this is a grind. The prep. Like I'm looking at it here, and I, you know, I don't, you got notebooks and computer. Like that's the prep, man. That's the like, process. You better love the. That's you better the most, love the process. It's the most important. I, I talk. I speak about it all the time. Like for me, and you're telling. I mean, again, you're, I, I know what you think about this, but the process, the prep, that was the thing. The the quiet hours when nobody was there and nobody was fucking with you, which was a nice thing. A lot of guys, they sort of like, they like that. They like to, you know, you know, walk out and, and have the crowd. But that process of the build, that's the thing that means the most. And, and it, it may be a little different between an explosive sport in baseball and an endurance sport in cycling because you know it now. Or you go train for an Ironman or a Western States, that, that is a process. Like you got to go out, you're running for four hours all alone and – I don't care who you are. Nobody's going to be out there cheering for you. Like, it is a whole different thing. That's what we came from. Like, it was this time where it was like, this is amazing. We're all alone. But guess what? Check this out. And this is the analogy that I used today or the example I used today when I was talking to Rob Nen, who happened to throw 100. He was one of the few guys that threw 100 back in the day in Barry Bonds. Well, when I was a kid, my dad was a 4'3 black belt in Kempo Karate. And... He had never played baseball in his life, hmm. nothing about it. So somehow along the way, I, my next door neighbor, Tony Castleman, was like the best baseball player in the Little League. And I'm like, you know, like I was always kind of around him and they say he always needs someone to play with. And so I'd, I'd go back there. And, I you know, know what you were thinking. He'd throw me I know what you were thinking. But I, I can own this kid. No, no, it was, it was just like, I want to, I want to be around this kid. Like I want to, I want to digest it like everything yeah. else. Right. And so then I got my dad to throw him dead. That's how I got into baseball originally. Then I got my dad to learn how to throw batting practice. You throw him batting practice, throw him batting practice. We were just there yesterday in Patola Valley Town Center. And here's my dad. who's just, I mean, he's never played baseball in his life, man. And so when I was 13 years old, I showed up and it was turn 13 of the day. And you know, we, my parents come up and they're like, Hey, we, we got you, uh, we got you, your birthday present is like down below or something. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're like, we got you a new friend. I'm like, what are you talking about? New friend. Mike. His name's Mike. I'm like, what? And I went down and what it was is I, they call him iron Mike machine. Hmm. And it's a, it's a machine that goes, dun, dun, <clears throat> whatever. But this machine, like pitching machine, pitching machine thro throws 90 miles per hour. And, I went in there as a 12-year-old kid and was having 90-mile-per-hour fastballs thrown at me. You know what I was doing? <sighs> whiff, whiff, I was whiff. say bunting? Whiff. No, nothing. Nothing. Whiff, whiff, whiff. Yeah. Guess what? Stayed with it. 
Next thing you know, I was fouling a couple off. Next thing you know, I was hitting a couple. Yeah, whatever. Fast forward. Timeout, since I don't know anything about it. Okay. Are they always right down the middle, or do some kind of go? Because no, I'd be afraid they're going to hit me. Very, a lot of variation. Connor knows. Yeah. A lot of variation. Okay. So all of a sudden, you know, here I am now. Fast forward to my sophomore year of high school, get called up to varsity, and we're facing a kid by the name of Dan Serafini, left handed pitcher throwing 90, Sarah. Sarah High School, 94 miles per hour, throwing BBs. Right nobody, could, nobody could touch him. Guess what I did as a sophomore in high school? Don't even think I had freaking hair on my balls yet. <laughs> Got up there, ready for this? Boom, boom, boom. Three knocks, freaking P rods, dude. Time, time, time out. I don't know anything about baseball. What line, the fuck is a P rod? We'll call them line drives. Line drives. Yeah. It's a sexy, a sexy, sexy sound to it. Sexy sound. So basically, going through, I fell in love. So when we talk about like endurance sports and like where does it relate, you know how it relates? How do you think I was able to show up and hit 94 miles per hour when no one else can touch them? <clears throat> The grind, the process, mm. hours in the cage, bleeding hands. And you can't teach that to the kids, right? You have to want it. And it's as much as I love my kids, it, if any of them are going to be great in anything that they do, and I'm talking about great. You want to be good? Everyone can be good at whatever. You want to be great? You have to love. Like, I love doing Like, I love the blisters on my hands. I love going. Like, till the sun's going down. I'm coming back from double days in football. Double is grinding out at St. Francis, freaking never coming off the field, playing offense and defense. You know what I'm doing when I get home? Oh, it's 200 hacks. Why? Because I read something about Greg Jeffries taking 200 hacks a day. Take 200 hacks after that. You know, hey, not, not because I... It was because I loved it, dude. Yeah. Right? You know what? Anybody sitting in this room, anybody listening that that does not believe that is a complete fucking moron. We got, I got it. I got it. Look, at he's... If, if you get any closer to me, you're, I think you're about to punch me in the face across this table. <laughs> the cool thing, and, and I don't want to... I want to hear Lance's grind. It's no, I'm, I'm a chill. I, I'm chill. But the, 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 in, look, I, I know you, okay? And I know, a, I know a little of you. But when I do these things, I try to learn more about people and I try to learn about their lives. I learn about the, what they care about, what is special to them, what... Um, what touches them. And so, <clears throat> I mean, you bring up your dad, like you're, uh, I don't know what that relationship exactly was. And I, and I don't necessarily need to know, but the cool thing was when I, when I, you brought him up because mm -hmm. he gave you the 90 sure. mile an hour, the, the slinging, yeah. whatever the thing was. So you tell the San Francisco Chronicle at one point when you decide to conquer Ironman. And I love these quotes. You say, because everybody in your life is going, why would why would you want to do that? Why would you want to go train for eight hours a day to do a, a ten or eleven or twelve hour event? And your father, who's who soon passes, says, "My dad had been the only one in my life who was a hundred percent supportive of me doing an Ironman. Everyone else was questioning why I was doing it. Like, why are you not? You're done with baseball. Why don't you go play golf? Why don't you go surf? Why don't you go chill out? And you say, no, this is interesting." And I remember talking to my dad about the training for hours, and he was like, this is unbelievable. I'd like to do that. When my dad passed away, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So hard. It's, it's not something you can prepare for. I didn't know 
what the grieving process would be like, but I'd go out for long rides and long runs and, and it would put me in a meditative state and allow me to think about my time with my dad. I had conversations with him, some of them out loud, and it really helped me. It was huge. And this is the thing, like this is the, that process, whether it's, you know, my process, your process, even your process, it's those long solitary hours where you can just have those conversations. And shit, I'd go out and talk to myself. Yeah. And that's, that's the crazy thing of the state of suffering that we go through when you want to do some of the crazy shit. It's not from first to third. It's from mile 10 to 26 in a marathon. Yeah. Dude. I mean that I mean, that quote. Oh, dude! I, I I'm wiping away tears right now. Like I I've never heard it. It's funny because you you speak words and then. Well, like, you said it, so I'm I'm yeah, only reading. But that know, hit me like a ton of bricks. I don't I don't read a lot. Like like they say an article is done or something. It's even like watching myself on TV. Like I I don't like to do it, and maybe it's the whole forward thing, mm. right? It's right. Just, exactly. I just, right. I don't want to sit there and judge myself. Right. It's. You know, you too often in your life, like, this, just move, just move, right. just keep going. And yeah, my dad was a nut, dude. Like, he was, he, he was a fucking bad. That's why we're kindred spirits. Just, my, I never met you, uh, you know enough of my story. Uh, I mean, and my mom, I'm going to just speak for a second. So, you know, I didn't please. know any of that story. My mom, <clears throat> I mean, we were, my mom was 17 when she had me. Like, it, it, she was crazy. Like, but my mom, like I never, I'm sitting here at 46 years old. I just turned 46. I have never sat down with my mother and said, what was my father like? Think about that. Why not? Well, I mean, because my, I think because my, my mom, it was so instilled in our lives that it's just, we're not going back there. We got tomorrow. And so, and with tomorrow, she had me, she had our future. And with my tomorrow, I have, you know, back in the day, I had my schoolwork, I had my athletics. And now with my future, I have my five children. I have, it's, it's, it's a weird, it feels, in one of these articles, I, I mean, not that I rarely say anything prophetic, but like, I feel like I am a kindred spirit with Bernsey because, but this shit, there's something going on right here that, um, it, we we just don't go back and not not yeah. to weigh on the forward because i think there is some value in going back mm -hmm. but um but my mom just never did she was like nope onward yeah. forward she she my mother woke me up every day of my life you know what she told me every day of my life she said today is the first day of the rest of your life and she really believed, like she absolutely, so you, I mean, you could have like done some really stupid, crazy shit the day before. She's like, well, yeah, but today's the first day of the rest of your life. But what if you did something terrible? That's the way she believes. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's messy, right? The, the greatest thing I think that like you could get from a parent is support. Mm. And... Dude, you got a lot of people that listen to this podcast and you got a lot of parents and a lot of parents with young children. And I would say that understand like your influence 
is going to last a lifetime because there's not a day that goes by that my dad's influence doesn't, he's living through me, bro. Mm. Like, obviously your mom's influence has helped you along the way. And the bottom line is when you talk about children, it, give them the opportunity to learn, give them the opportunity to understand, give them education experience. And about looking back, this is funny because you said this, I'm a history major, right? A history major at UCLA, like in this, I'm infatuated with history. I'm infatuated specifically with U.S. history, but I'm also infatuated with baseball history. And I'm infatuated with, just tell me a story. But the reason why I want to know that story so so badly and, and the reason why I want to immerse myself in the history of wh whatever was there is because I want to learn for the future. Mm. That's it. It's not, it's, not, it's not a disrespect to what's happened in the past with, with these people. It's that I want to learn about that because I want to see progress it, obviously going forward. And like, what, what does this teach me about, about where we're going? Yeah. Well, if anybody follows you on your socials, Twitter, Instagram, I mean, the shenanigans that you get up to with your kids, I mean, some of this shit, I don't know where the <laughs> hell you, I don't know where y'all live. I mean, you guys have blessed lives. Yeah. I know one of them's over here and like, you know, this is some swanky play, but the other one's in this God forbidden snow bound place where you're literally jumping off the roof naked into yeah. the, like a yeah. 10 feet. Of, okay. Fuck that. <laughs> okay. I'm done with that. But, but it's, it's cute when the kid, you get to push the kids off into the snow. That is, that's character building. Yeah. I always show another life teaching lesson because I, I'm, I'm speaking to a wider audience. Uh, here tonight, uh, wider or wider? Uh, no, because no. we're about to w, get to, we're, w, we're w i d e r. Because we're we're about to get to the w h i t e oh, part. So basically, like, and especially now because this fucking rim, David Wells is. <laughs> what's up, bro? Now we have we have the a man. small. We we we've done a few of these podcasts in front of small audiences but now we have a little crowd no, it's, it's, it's a I love crowd it. this is Great. sick dude this is awesome but where were we mine left me add <laughs> yeah just a wider audience lesson for kids the best thing you can do is lead by example yep. and i know like that's what i love that's seriously that's like i got it i don't know if i told you this or not but like when what it would when i looked at you i said dude i am fired up like the way you, you're living your life it's all the shit that happened all the bullshit like dude you could have crawled in a fucking hole bro and just i dude i'm done i'll be this and that you know i got money i'll fight what like mm -hmm. whatever done and, and you're like you know what no and, and you wanted to charge and the same competitive spirit that may have been a detriment to you at times, no doubt, I think was a detriment to you at times. No doubt. Is the same competitive spirit that's going to keep you going forward. I, I would, and let me just agree and disagree. Go ahead. <laughs> Since you did that to me earlier. We, 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 now we're even. The, 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 <laughs> that's the, your competitive that spirit. That competitive spirit <laughs> that I had before is what got me here. The endurance is what's going to get me out of here. So I'm plenty ready to lay down on a lot of this stuff. 
I've already shown that. Like it, it is what it is. But the thing that 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 is interesting to me, and, you, and when we sort of touch on this, is and it, I you know read all these things online, and this issue of uh, of where we govern. Like when you talk about your kids and how you raise them and how you got. Like to me, it's all about. We live in this society where we're just obsessed with however you think about uh, politics and governing. And, um, but, but I always go back to the place like, I'm going to govern my kids. But now that meets just this week, like we're sports and politics and friction and drama meet. It's every hour, every minute. Crazy. There's something new. And did you, Rocket uh, Man, the dotard. I mean, like, dude, we're, we, we're, this is, we're, I mean, we're living in a wild time right we now. We are sitting dude. here. So, so I want to talk about two things. One, a year ago, you wrote a, 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 a piece about Colin Kaepernick, yeah. who's from this area. Yeah. And you wrote uh, a, a letter or, or a sort of a manifesto about it, which I thought was amazing. Sure. Um, so, but this is, this is a year ago. We, we haven't stopped talking about this. In fact, we've only stopped, started talking about it more. Tonight, we're watching the Cowboys-Cardinals game. Jerry Jones. Jerry fucking Jones. Who I, I grew up with the Cowboys. Jerry Jones walks out and kneels with the Cowboys before the game. Did you know that? Really? Really? Yes. Really, I mean, it, it's, was it during the anthem? Was so it was not during. Okay, see, that's making a statement, dude. I'm not. That I'm not is making a statement. I'm all. I'm all for making a statement. Make all the statements you want to make. I, this is the greatest country in the world because we have the ability to make a statement. To make a, a, a we can say whatever the fuck we want to say. And guess what? You're not going to be put in jail because of it. And you're not going to be, be beheaded because of it. I've never, and you go back to the Colin Kaepernick thing from the get-go, the title of the quote-unquote manifesto, whatever it was, it was just a response. This is why I stand. And I sent out a tweet, like a shorter tweet that actually got picked up on by, I believe it was San Jose Mercury. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, can you expand on that? And I said, you want me to expand on it? Yeah, let me expand on it. This is why I stand. This is why Colin Kaepernick is able to kneel. And that was actually, um, as a matter of fact, was my last line to it. But my idea, and not idea, my, like the reason why I stand is because of the people, I'm, sta- I'm not standing for any other reason, but the, 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 the military and the people that fight and def- have defended our country for years. I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm tell you exactly what you said. And you're going to have to help me with some of these pronunciations because there's only one word that I can't really get right. See, Boys, you want drinks over there? In the tequila, please. Thanks. Go ahead. Burns, he's rolling. He wants tequila. <clears throat> you say Soda me. water, too. You, Go ahead. And, and I love, by the way, just before anybody listening hears this, I fucking love this. Okay. Yeah. Me, I'm going to stand. I stand for democracy. I stand for those who have fought and continue to fight for our country's freedom. I stand for all branches of military. I stand for... Those killed in action protecting your ass and mine. I stand for their families. I stand for the values and principles our nation was founded on. I stand for our founding fathers. I stand for our forefathers. I stand for our government structure. I stand for George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, JFK, and Ronald Reagan. I stand for all U.S. presidents and the sanctity of the presidential office. I stand for Alexander Hamilton. I stand for Geronimo Saga... Sacagawea. 
That's the one I yeah, couldn't pronounce. Gotcha. So that one and Sydney Bolt. She led Lewis and Clark. Yep. I stand for Lewis and Clark. I stand for John Muir. I stand for Martin Luther King, Frederick, Frederick Douglass, and Rosa Parks. I stand for Jim Thorpe and Muhammad Ali. I stand for Jackie Robinson. I stand for Pat motherfucking Tillman. That was my part in the middle. Yeah. I stand to express my gratitude for working people who continue to make our country safe and operational. I stand for public servants and government officials. I stand for teachers. I stand for firefighters. I stand for police officers. And I stand up because Colin Kaepernick has the right to sit down. That is what you said. That's I'm, what I believe, bro. I, That's it. How? Yeah. How can we argue with that? Nah, I don't. But by the way, <laughs> sit down. But by the way, so somebody somebody texted me today and said, if you are, you know, because now Trump has singled out NASCAR. Oh, you know, NFL bad, NASCAR great. And my buddy who knows a couple of NASCAR drivers, like, would you take a knee at? And I said, well, look, if I'm a young driver. And I have a young family, and I have the f my entire future ahead of me. And if, if I'm at a NASCAR event and I kneel, I'm done. What do you do? Like, that is an impossible position to be put into. Man, it's hard. Okay. I, I'll Look, it's funny because it's not hard for me. I know. I, I actually think it's, it's very cut and dry. And it's like, as we're sitting here as Americans, we're in, and we're so fucking, like, we're hearing this, we're hearing that, and we're affected by this, we're affected by that. The, the bottom line is, look, man, if these guys want to protest, the anthem, protest the anthem. But also understand, there could be repercussions coming with the protest of the anthem. Right. If you're willing to take that chance or the sacrifice, go, go ahead and do it. But Jerry Jones before had said, if you want to kneel during the national anthem, your ass is gone. You will not wear a Dallas Cowboys uniform, and I don't give a fuck who you are. Right. Do you understand that? But go rough up some women. Go do some other shit. It's all good. Which is jacked up to. Okay. Uh, we, so we've, already, not, we've, not, we've already talked about what's not, jacked not, up. Look, look we, can't, look, we can't do that, though. Gotcha. We can't do that. Do I respect the right for anybody to preach? Well, yes, of course. I, it, it's funny because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me one single bit. The whole thing was, and you know this, it was the picture when what you just read was with a picture of Pat, hmm. Pat Tillman, who was a buddy of mine who walked away from a multi-year NFL contract in the height. His last game, this people didn't know this shit about Pat, dude. His last game, he had, I, I forget what the number was like off the, it was like 18 tackle, like just something so over the top, ridiculous. The other thing about Pat, by the way, marathoner, marathoner. Who, who was a marathoner? Bike, bike rider. Ready? He was Ready? a cyclist. Ha half, half iron, did a half iron man, half iron man the off season before he was killed. So like crazy. This is where my kind of infatuation comes with him. The other thing is I grew up, we all grew up in the same area competing against each other, but my best friend from St. Francis, he went to Leland. My best friend from St. Francis ended up going to Dartmouth. Really Similar, kind of undersized like Pat, this and that. Kicked ass, three-time Ivy, or two-time Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year. His name is Zach Walls. Went to Arizona. Got drafted by the Cardinals in, I think it was the set, sixth round. And then Pat got drafted in the seventh round. They were roommates. So that's where I got to know him. 
And it was like, what he did, like the, the sacrifice of walking away, like, in, again, I'm going to go back to something we talked about earlier, authenticity. Mm. Authentic as could be. But, like, uh, he's not I'm, doing it. It wasn't like, hey, look at me. I'm going to join the military. I'm a bad, like, no. He was doing it because he knew, he felt truly in his heart that was the right thing to do. By the so, way, let's go, I'm going to bring it back to the, what we are talking about before. Just be authentic. So those people taking a knee, you have a stand like it, go ahead. Right. And to his credit, Bernsey, he did that. We're sitting here in 2017, almost 2018. People would do that. They, he did that back then where he didn't even think, oh, how many retweets would I get? How many favorites? How great is this post on Instagram going right. to be when I'm like enlisting? No. No, no, man. No. Nothing. No. We know that his intent was pure. He watched 9 11 unfold. He went back home to Marie and said, This shit is fucked up. Yeah. This game, I can do without. I got to help. Bro, we know how that went down. It's and funny. so it's, this this is but this is, this now you know ten or twelve years later is different. They're yeah. way different, and, I, and you know what? It's made me think. Like, what would Pat think of all this? And it's funny. He, one, he'd, he'd be disgusted. One hundred percent. No, but one hundred percent. I know Pat. Like Pat challenged this freaking status quo. Pat would have taken an extreme stance. And the funny th the funny thing is with it is that the extreme stance would have come one way or the other. And I can't guarantee you. And dude, from my limited experience, I got to hang out with him to knowing his best friends for his like Ben Hill and the Hill family. And you know, his man, like knowing his brothers, like I've gotten super close where I feel like I even know more Pat now, way more now than when he was alive. Mm. You know what's great about him? I was thinking about it when I was cycling my ass over here today, over the hill. Like, I couldn't tell you which direction he would have been. He would have been, I'm going to guess, he would have been the lone stealer player standing out there holding his hand over his heart. But he also, he also, and this goes back, and it was very, he was vo very vocal about it, about the shit in Iraq. He was against the war in Iraq. Now, he was all about the, everything going on in Afghanistan. Right. And basically, firsthand... I got the whole Jessica Lynch story. And so that was kind of disturbing to him because he was there and involved with the whole Jessica Lynch thing. He hated how they glorified what happened with Jessica Lynch. And that's, and he, dude, he would question the, the status quo of anything. Right. And so it's not everything, everything. And everything. that's what made him, that's what made him fucking just, ugh, someone I could look at and be like, you know what? It's it's okay it's okay to step back, and I, I think we all need to do this because we we get so caught up in our our mindsets and our point of views. Whether you know it be Trump or freaking Rocket Man, like everyone needs to step back in, a minute. In in this goes to all the NFL players. Let's take a deep breath right. and 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 look at this objectively and try to come up with how, like how. How do we get better? And that ultimately was what Pat Tillman was about. Can somebody, not to, not to pivot from Pat Tillman, a true American hero, who the, who the fuck is Rocket Man? What, what are we talking about? No, Kim, yeah, North Korean leader. I got you, sorry, bro. Oh, they call him Rocket Man? Oh, yeah. Oh, Trump yeah. called him Rocket Man, sorry. Yeah. I, oh, that, he did. Oh, dude, that's why. I, I don't. That's why I read. I, I, you know what? 
bro, I was really focused on the scramble we played today. I, I wasn't paying attention to today's news. You know what that's good? I'll tell you why. Because oh, no. I've been studying a lot of Stoic philosophy. Why are you wearing a New York Yankees hat? It's, a, it's for the kids. It's a kid. It's a kid. It's a play ball weekend. New York Yankees. Enough of the rocket, man. I mean, you you spent your life. Stoic philosophy. Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca. You spent your life playing for the A's. I mean, wasn't there a time where you were like, can't I just go play in New York? Yeah, I, is, I, I, I don't give think, me a short answer yes, on this. Yes, I don't. Yeah, think, you would, I, I don't think Every baseball I'm player like, I've ever known has been like, "I'm like, dude, where do you want to play?" You're like, uh, like yeah, "Dude, ask Wells, bro." Yeah, David Wells is freaking sitting right behind me. Like, I see his big ass, like right there. Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> he was. Oh, that, that was that was almost that was almost a perfect pass, bro. Bro, bro. There you go. Now you match. Bro, like you, you know, you know, you know this, this. So this dude's infamous. The, the infamous, that's just famous. Fuck infamous. Like, like, showed up. Perfect game. One of twenty-three. Twenty-three pitchers in the history of baseball. Showed up the next that day at the park. Hungover. I mean, I. I don't. Shit happens. Bro, bro. This is one of the most epic dudes you'll ever meet in your life. Like. Uh, Authentic. So, so authentic. I, he bleeds authentic. I threw out a pitch at Yankee Stadium one time, and the the Yankees were playing the Rangers, and I was there as a guest of the Yankees, and the Rocket was playing, and so uh, Roger Clemens. So I walk in, and he's like, "Here's your Yankees hat." I'm like, "Bro," I mean, like I grew up in Dallas, like the Rangers were my team. He's like. Here's your Yankees hat. <laughs> like it was like he fucking forced it yeah. on my head. Yeah, I had to go. I thought I was. Anyways, hey, it, I'm it, the guy that doesn't know anything about baseball, bro. bro. It's two two strikes and you're out, right? Oh jeez. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm fucking with you. All right. Listen. Last couple. One other. One other issue I want to talk about because this thing actually I I, I care about and think about. Because it involves technology, the comp- and Wellesley, you, you'll appreciate this because you had to, you had to throw the fucking pitch to the catcher um, who had the box. You know, as a viewer, we see a the times that I yeah. watched the World Series. There's a box, the computerized strike zone. Strike zone, because it is really like a like a horizontal box. Should that be? And by the way, back up. You know, all sports now get monitored. Um, you know, we talked about Peter Sagan. Sure. You talked about him getting disqualified in the Tour de France stage, you know, in the first week. The only reason he got disqualified is because every, you know, the officials sat there and watched it over and over and over again. They watched it in, you know, slow-mo, everything. They watched everything. So he's out. Football, you see the game of football, how it's been, you know, whether the ball touches the ground, whether the ball crosses the end zone. And so that we're talking about bringing that into the game of baseball, you know, a place that I think the umps probably really value their position of whether or not that ball is in the in the strike zone, whether or not the ball is sure. about. Okay. You have strong opinions so, well, on it. So in, in a nutshell, for those listening that don't give a shit about baseball, I guess there's a lot of So we have the strike zone. And Actually, you're speaking of the ones that do give a shit. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The other one's 
tuned out by now. But <laughs> I would say this. So, so imagine a strike zone, right? And so now with the MLB.com app and now on every single television broadcast, we have the strike zone, which is clearly identified. So there's a company. Timeout. Is it exact? It's exact. It's within a half You're inch. sure it's Everywhere. exact? 100%. Okay. All right, let's One, establish that because that's, that's significant. I don't want to. It is. Okay. It, it Got is. It. There's no question about it. Got it. So we have this strike zone that's a, like they, it's lasers pointed from the sides. It's lasers pointed from the front. You have this strike. They adjust it during so, batting practice. They readjust it during the game. Okay. It, it's for the hitter, right? So you have some guys that are down in a squad, some guys that are up or whatever. They adjust the strike zone for everybody. And basically, my point has been that why are you and I sitting here in Menlo Park, California? Why are we able to pull up my iPhone and look at a game that's going on in New York? Let's just call it the Yankees right now and tell whether or not a, it's a ball or a strike. Yet the poor dude from behind the plate that's responsible for making that call doesn't have that same available information to, or the same information available to him. That's just, it's not right. So the question then becomes, do you want to take the human element out of it? That's what everyone's worried about. I'm not looking to replace umpires. I'm looking to give them the same tool that we all have, that everyone watching a television broadcast has, because now these guys are under more scrutiny than ever. And the bottom line is, and it's funny because here's David Wells sitting to my right right now, and I would classify you as a dude that you pitch up and down. And I, I faced this guy a bunch through the course of my career. And he had an incredible ability to work the top end of the strike zone. You had an elevated fastball that would just freaking ride, right? He had balls that he threw that I guarantee you were called balls that were strikes. Mm. And a lot of them. So, but his shit, his shit played. So when you have the other guys that are nitpicking on the outside corner, getting freaking six inches off this and that. And I'm going to guess, I'll be interested to talk to him after we're all done with this. I'm going to guess he didn't get the corners as much because he was at a, he, he was a fuck you, I'm coming at you, dude. Right? And he come at you. And guess what? He was hitting the bottom of the zone. Hey, he was hitting the top of the zone. What do you mean come at you? He's tr he come at you. So he's not. The ball goes by you? Like no, you're your the face? Best, the best way to perceive it is, is if, uh, from your standpoint, is like imagine a guy like, so yeah, just challenge yeah. you. Clemens was who's, into that who's shit. Who's the rider? Who's the rider that's going to say, Lance? Move a guy off. Okay, he's a guy that said, we're going up this gnarly-ass freaking climb in the Tour de France, and, you, and I'm coming at you. He came at me. He came at time and time again. Well, guess what? You know what the automated strike zone does? It rewards guys that come at you because it rewards the top of the zone and the bottom of the zone. But guess what it takes away? It takes away the corners. It takes away balls away. And so what does Major League Baseball want right now? You don't know because you don't watch. Who cares? But what they want is more balls in play. They want action. They want guys to put the ball in play. You know how you put the ball in play? You throw the ball to the gosh damn plate. That's how you put the ball in play. So the, the computerized strike zone, now, if we were able to implement it, would be so much better for the game and, and, and beneficial to the game than what we're dealing with now. Because right now, we have a lot of homers. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. We have a lot of walks, and we have way too many freaking strikeouts. Yeah. Umpires calling balls six inches off the plate that so, aren't even close. So does the ump still stand there? He, yeah, he does. He, dude, he does everything. He's because he has. Calls. You can't take that away from him. Dude, they have they have instant replay. I'm, yeah. I'm looking to add a job. I'll put another umpire in the booth 
to to help with the assistance to relay the, the call and the information down. Now, even in tennis, like we just watched the U.S. Open. Like in tennis, they still have is it, is it oh long, oh you know and oh up. Oh, so you watch the U.S. Open, right? There's at least one or two, three, four, sure. five blow ups with the umpire through the course. I went to the U.S. Open this year. Yep. Sick event, by the way. Yeah. Like I imagine the other thing is sports fans listen to this podcast. Go. Yeah. It's a Kentucky Derby freaking bucket list sort of like do yep. it do it i agree event. i agree but no the, the blow-ups will still happen all right so you so we're all about the moving the sport of baseball to that because we, we, we have to advance as we advance in every other like aspect of of, of our society yet right. we're going to be stuck in the freaking you know 19th century when right. it comes to calling balls and strikes when we have this information in in technology available That's okay stupid. can i just lob one thing from Please. a total dumbass you know, non-baseball fan, although I love you, love you too, Wills. Um, if if that's the case, then let's not let the fat guys behind the typewriters vote for the people that go into the hall. Because to me, it it sits in the same place. Like, I I think, you don't have to answer. I, I just, I'm, you already agree. I, I, no, I'll give them a voice. I, I'll give them a voice. I just want, I want, also want the voice to come from the dudes that, that went through it, dude. Of course. The dudes that went through it. And That's again, right. They, like this goes, this goes back to like, we're, we're giving all the power to guys that weren't around it, guys that don't know. And we're asking right, right now with all the guys that are going right now, it, it's a witch hunt, bro. It's Burnsy, a witch hunt. Burnsy, here, here's, let me, before I get to my final question, which is not that great of a question. But um, when I think about, you talked about Pat Tillman. We all, we all now know what happened to Pat Tillman. But we could have found out a long time before because you and me could have talked to the guys who were there. So when I think, when I read the New York Times and I read what happened, you know, what they report on what I, I'm like, man, that was fucked up. And then I go, you know, and I'm talking about war. I'm sure. talking about, you know, special forces. I'm talking about, I'm a deep, deep war. I'm like, you know what? Let me call my guys that were either there or know what was happening there. And then I'm going to find out what happened there. That to me is the law. That's how I judge what happened there. And so, you know, with Pat, same thing with Barry's generation, same thing with my generation, same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's that then becomes the law. It ain't a good, you know, sometimes it's not a great law. We don't want to talk about the law, but that's the law. So it's a little personal. Well, th think about what you said, though. Like, the guys who are there, they know what happened. Right. They saw what happened. Right. And they may not like. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, right. Look, exactly. you, you didn't. You didn't bring me on here for me to make any excuses for you. But if you put me in your exact same situation, I don't know what I would have really done different, other than you I know get, your competitive nature took over at the end, and your fight was too much. Look at you. But you're about to jump across the table and punch me in the face. No, no, I, I know you. exactly I what you, you would have done, I dude. I, I'll, 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 I will take you next time I'll give we you a kiss before it's over, and I'll slip bullshit. you a little tongue. Bullshit. Your wife's right here. Next okay. time we run a 35k race, okay? We're we're doubling the bet. <laughs> it's on. 
right. The, the, the last question, just because I know there are people, because they're going to see your name, they're going to know, they know you're this fancy guy on MLB. Who the fuck is going to win the World Series? Who's, who, what's going on here? Like, you shed some light on, the and by the way, too, world. by the way, my Rangers that, that Clemens busted me on, you know, they're out, but the Astros are in. The Astros good. So who's... You talked about the Indians and Indians. Indians are the best team in baseball right now, and there's no question about it. The Which Do- the doesn't Dodgers, bode well for them. The Dodgers have absolutely tanked. Uh, it's an ugly scenario. The Red Sox could somehow find some magic, but it's you know. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak generally because I I know this audience, and it's not a baseball audience. But imagine like the Tour de France is coming up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah, here come the playoffs. Right. Here this come is the- where you have to tell us. This is where your crystal ball yeah. comes out and yeah. you tell us exactly yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. And this is the point where you, after it happens, you get to brag to the entire world that I called that shit so, on the forward. So who, so who's basically, who's the hottest rider going into the Tour de France? Right. Like that's what you need to focus on. Right. Who is playing their best right, right. now? And I've never seen a team like the Indians. Hmm. I've never seen it. And it's just like... You, Boy, you for that town, that would bro, be... Bro. That would be... It's... The, uh, nuclear. I usually don't like to look back and judge myself through the course of an interview or maybe even a segment or several hours on MLB Network. But I just noticed after my... <laughs> 3,000th bro that I dropped way too many bros, so I'd like to apologize to your listeners as well. <laughs> What's the best value bet? The best, the best value bet, because we have degenerate gambler Nicarada here sitting to my right. <laughs> the best value bet going forward to win the 2017 World Series, which I'm going to guess right now is probably sitting at like a 30 to 1. The Arizona Diamondbacks. Wow. They're that good. Zach Greinke and Robbie Ray at the top of that, at the one, two could match up with anybody. JD Martinez is on a tear. Like I've never seen the back end of the bullpen is solidified as can be, which is it plays in the postseason. This seems nasty. And the only thing with them though, they got to play one game playoff against I believe is probably going to be the Rockies or the Brewers. So they got to win that game. That's why the odds are going to sit so high. But if I'm going to Vegas and you got to throw all your money in one direction to get a just maximum return, that's it. <clears throat> Bro. I think that I, I, I got no more baseball. One. You know, you just spoke Greek to me. Chinese. So, but, but, I'll, but I will end it with saying that I have never ended a podcast with this. And there's people sitting here and listening, so I don't want to sound weird, but brother, I love you. And this has been an amazing conversation. It's just, you really are, I might've gone out on a limb like this guy's a kindred spirit, you know, nah, I was fucking dead on. I love, I love you, you too, dude. Yeah. I got I got to take a leak badly too. Good, gosh. <laughs> that was sick, man. Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything 
you want to say. If you have a suggestion, please. God knows I need suggestions. Um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever. Let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. The Forward Podcast at we do w e d u sport singular.com. The Forward Podcast at we do sport.com. 